Hi everyone, this is KK from KK's Priest and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Crank it up! Hello everyone and welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo and my guest today is the one and only KK Downing. KK, great to have you with us. Hi Rodrigo, thank you very much for having me on the show. My pleasure and it's my first time interviewing you. Uh, we have a lot of ground to cover but let's start by talking about the upcoming album of KK's Priest. It's great to see you in the music business once again. Thank you very much, great to be back. Yeah, how does it feel to go back to the industry? I mean, uh, it's a different landscape from when you first started, right? Uh, absolutely, yes. I mean, how, is it five decades or six? I don't know, <laughs> but it's a big number. Um, yeah, obviously, it's been a roller coaster. You know, we've seen the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. It goes on. Nothing stays the same. Everything keeps moving on. Yeah. Uh, let me take a step back and ask you about your return to the stage at the Bloodstock Open Air Festival. What did it feel like when you joined Rasta Boss live on that stage? Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet. It, it was good. It was good. I really did enjoy that. Um, only did like, I think it was four songs. Yeah. But um, it was, um, got the heart pumping again, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it was pleased, very pleasing to be out in front of an audience one more time. Right. And uh, how long after that show did you decide to put a band together and perform that show at a mill in Wolverhampton? Was it an immediate decision or? No, I, th I guess because of the publicity of me being up doing that show with Ross the Boss. Um, you know, um, the Dave Ellison band was coming to the Steel Mill, um, oh. which is a beautiful venue here in England, and I am the ambassador of KK Steel Mill. And um, what happened was uh, I was invited to play a couple of songs, and uh, under duress, I agreed again, you know, to do <laughs> that. And, um, and so, and then someone said, well, if you're going to do that, uh, we'll fly Ripper over. And I said, great. That <laughs> sounds great. Uh, and then Les was invited to play. And so the set list grew and grew. So I think we played about an hour. Um, and that was a lot of fun, obviously, playing with, uh, you know, the guys again. And uh, yeah, enjoyed it again. Nervous times because it was just a very quick rehearsal jump on the stage and play the performance. So mm -hmm. uh, I think we got away with it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, what was the thought process after that? I mean, to invite each band member uh, and to name it KK's Priest, the, the entity you're promoting right now. Yeah, well, after that show, because, you know, like I say, um, in all honesty, I always thought the door would be open at some point to return to Judas Priest. But, you know, after multiple requests the, the doors 
permanently closed. So mm. that Christmas after that show, I sat down and thought, you know, uh, I'll just see if there's an album there. I can actually put some songs together. And it just happened very, very quickly. And, and after about four weeks, I had some complete... Uh, um, some com complete demos there for the songs. And then I knew then I would be able to invite the guys to, uh, to you know, put a band together, mm. knowing that the material was there for an album. So, and I enjoyed doing it. It came about very quickly, you know. So I was able to, uh, to do the whole thing. So I felt very confident. Okay, so the material for this, uh, for the first KK's Priest album, uh, came just from yourself, right? You didn't get a chance yeah. to like write together with the other band, mem band members, correct? No, no, because I wanted to feel confident. Mm. I didn't want to embarrass myself as well, <laughs> you know. But when I sat down and started to do it, because I wanted to, uh, because I had time to do it as well, you know, was to keep embellishing the songs. Mm. And I wanted to know because I had ideas about the lyrics and the sentiments and the emotions and the messages and everything, you know, because that I had built up inside me for so long, you know, and so I wanted to create that, you know, with all of these songs, because all of the songs do have a meaning, you know, there is a storyline mm -hmm. and, um, and it's all encompassing really everything to do with probably my whole career really and my and my my gratitude to the fans and the rejoicing of our beloved music that we we like the awareness of maybe we're losing a lot of good friends you know mm. people are passing away and the awareness that the music you know maybe not be here forever and and, and hopefully, throughout all this awareness, young musicians and older musicians may, may like some of these songs and, and want to play them and play and to also compose and write similar material to keep this, you know, keep the music, you know, that we know and love, that essentially peaked in the 70s and 80s, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that that's fair to say. Um, yeah. But... Let's keep it going. You know, it's our music. We've grown older together. Um, let's be happy. We don't care if people say we're old-fashioned. We don't care whatever people say. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a very, very important, um, you know, some very important decades in the history, you know, and we may never see it again. And, but all of this is in the music of KK's Priest with the Sermons of the Sin of the album. Awesome. And uh, was it hard for you to channel that style in the songwriting or did it come like second nature to you immediately, that connection with that style? Yeah, second nature because of all of this meaningfulness and all of these messages. And, 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 and there are parts that are potentially fictional or potentially real. Like the song Hellfire Thunderbolt is potentially mm. fictional, but maybe it did happen. But... It would take me quite a long time to express all of the meanings, but mm. I'm thinking that maybe I will be able to 
express that and I am thinking about doing that you know and um, and I think the fans may well be interested in that I'm just um, thinking a way of doing that exactly so so there's a, an opportunity to to look deeper into into for example the the artwork the album cover is very deep and meaningful you know to me and um, but the whole thing essentially is the start of a, a new entity and a new because we haven't seen the face of KK's priest yet or the being or the yeah. entity that is but he will be there he will be on the next record he'll be in artwork he'll be on stage with us you know and so there's a lot more to come yet and that's why i'm so excited uh and the new video comes out tomorrow i'm so pumped up about it oh cool um, yeah 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 uh, i mean you could have done the easy way out and simply played pre-songs forever and there would certainly be a market for that but it's great that you chose to release something new right i'm glad yeah. there's still the desire to be creative yeah yeah I've essentially created an album that I would have created at any point in my career mm -hmm. if it was just me, not a collaboration, mm -hmm. you know, um, for better or for worse. You know, I really hope that fans will like it. Um, and obviously, I'm very much looking forward to working on this, uh, the next record, you know, and um, and and collaborating and and. And that, that's going to be really exciting to do. So there's plans for a, for a follow-up already? Absolutely. I already know that there's material there. Oh, cool. For, for another, another record, you know. Um, it's in its very raw stage at the moment, but yeah. I know that the, there's very good conceptual ideas for songs there, and I know that the other guys are songwriters as well, so I'm looking forward to putting something really exceptional together next time awesome and it's a shame that les binks is no longer in the band yeah. sean does a great job as well i mean is there a chance of Les coming back at least as a guest in some show yeah, abso absolutely yeah. he will guest with us live on stage and hope you know we'll be getting him on there you know and we will have other guests as well because this this is all about us enjoying the concerts now and and I'm rejoicing and celebrating our music, you know, um, you know, being stupid and crazy and, and being too, it, it's too, it's later in the day now, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be 70 in October. And so while we're there, old friends, let's get together and, um, you know, let's go out there. But we will put on a, I promise you, a fantastic performance awesome and i get a feeling that you're you're enjoying this a little bit more now than in previous years where it seemed more like a day job kind of thing am i right in that assumption or not it's, it, it's it, now there's a closure mm. on everything in the past you know i don't think any anyone will begrudge me not wanting to dispose and dismiss everything of ever been all my life just mm -hmm. mean i want to bring a little bit of the past into the present and the future with me you know on the yeah. journey and um and like i said because i spent so much of my life going back to the 60s you mm -hmm. know being a priest and now 
there's guys on stage I've never met, you know, playing my songs and performing, you know, as a priest. So yeah. this is why I do feel that I'm entitled to to do what I do and because I can't, you know, I think if I had to dismiss everything that I am and do everything different and be a different person and a different musician, then I wouldn't bother going forward, you know. I would oh, call yeah. it today. So, yeah. you know, it's about past, present, and the future. And they have to, they have to all be a part because that's, that's what I am. Yeah. You know, um, what's created is certainly in the future because people haven't heard it yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so we're in the, we are in the past. And I'm talking to you now, which is wonderful, you know, so that's present, you know. Yeah. And the past if I want to just bring a little bit, you know, of that with me, with this new entity, with some new blood, it's all very exciting and we'll move forward. There's plenty of space in the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Or plenty of space in the future. Yeah, either way, yeah. And uh, I've only heard five tracks so far and it sounds like everything a fan would expect of your output. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's a priest fan's dream, the album. Uh, are the rest of the songs in the same vein or what can you tell us about yeah. the other songs that weren't disclosed so far? It's all in the same. It's all right there. This is why I'm so happy. Mm. Don't think that suddenly you're going to get a shock and go, <laughs> oh, no. I okay. was enjoying that so much, and now this track comes on. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like that. There's a consistency, you know, um, but there is a bandwidth there, as you'd expect yeah. from me. It will go from stuff that's more deeper and meaningful to stuff that's more, you know, rock and roll. You know, uh, you know, let's enjoy. We're off to a concert to see KK's Priest and blast it up. You know. So there'll be those good driving songs and, you know, um, everything is the rock and metal as we know it. Awesome. And the first single, Hellfire Thunderbolt, has been met with uh, acclaim by the fans. Do you pay attention to reviews and online comments and things like that? I mean... Yeah, I love to see, you know, get fan feedback, you know, good, bad or indifferent. It's essential, you know, because you have to know... um, you, you have to do that, but it's obviously so. It just, it's nice, you know, um, because it just, the energy just builds up, you know, and the enthusiasm and to just keep thinking about, you know, the live shows, the performance, the production, you know, exactly having new guitar maze, buying some new amps maybe, or digging out the old amps and, and uh cool. You know, all of that, you know, it, it, it is, it, it, it's blood to the veins, the feedback, if it, you know, especially obviously if it's, if it's good positive feedback. Awesome. And obviously we see with the flying V on the video of that song, and that has been your weapon of choice for many years now. Can you explain to me what's so magical about flying Vs? Yeah, it stems from when I was a kid, you know, I saw the Flying V in the shop and I couldn't afford it and I used to look at it, you know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just like that Oliver Twist type of kid, you know, I was, mm. didn't have the money. But 
because somehow I knew it was the guitar for what I wanted to do. And now, mm. obviously, the Flying V is synonymous with with metal and yeah. heavy rock, and uh, that's that's to me there, there was never a question. Oh, but when I because I had to trade this really, I worked hard to get this SG you mm. know, standard, and I didn't want to put it in. It was like, I wanted to keep it as well, but I had to let it go to get the flame bird. <laughs> That's sad, isn't it, you know? Because I only had one guitar. Mm. I yeah. was playing shows. <clears throat> so if I broke a string, I would have to take my time out mm -hmm. to restring the guitar on stage. Right. <laughs> We remember those days. In Good the, old days, yeah. <laughs> it seems strange now, but I wasn't the only one that did that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and to have a spare guitar was just like unheard of back in those days. Seems crazy now, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah. So I had the Flying V and then I was able to get a Strat. Mm -hmm. And I had the best of both worlds. I had the Gibson flying V and I had the Fender Strat. <laughs> I, had the, I had everything. It was everything. My whole world was those. That's all you ever needed in life was those two guitars. You know. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And it's just been wonderful to have been a part of the evolution of music as, you know, because... You know, none of it was around in the, in the early 60s. It was just uh, blues music and uh, and progressive blues bands like The Cream, Fleetwood Mac, and bands like that in the 60s, you know. Yeah. But yeah. there was hints of heavy metal here and there, but it was very, you know, very few and far between. Uh, yeah. But there was a little bit of heavy metal, and that's what I really wanted to hear. And that was the road I traversed trying to create that, that, that music as best I could. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you had to have bandmates and you had to have their input and the collaboration, you know, so it was a compromise. So basically, I guess now I'm doing what I always would have done if it would have been you know, just me, because obviously this band will be a collaboration as well with the input, and we've yet to get traverse that route, but we will do, you know. Awesome. And back to the album, I think uh, the title track, Sermons of the Sinner, uh, it kind of bridges the gap between the Ripper era of Priest with the more classic sound of the early 80s. Uh, am I right in that assumption? I mean, I got that vibe for sure. Yeah, Sermons of the Sinner, if there was one song on the whole album that has a multitude of, of uh, sentiment in there, it would be that song, mm. you know, and, um, and, and that's why it's kind of interesting, really, as the, as the title track, you know. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it is kind of, you know, a bit of painkiller, obviously the Ripper era, and yeah. some of the classic, stuff in there as well it's pretty much all-encompassing really um so i'm really looking forward to everyone being able to hear that song yeah 
raise your fists, uh, another one I was able to hear. I, it makes me want to do exactly that, raise my fist in the air and scream. I guess yeah. uh, when you write songs like that, it's inevitable to think about uh, the fans' reaction in the crowd, right, in a live setting. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, before that song was finished, obviously the COVID started to come in and things like that. But I think it was a lot about me being away for so long as well, you know, and certainly, you know, um, it's, it's, it, it's that song that is really saying, okay, everybody, and the time will come, the COVID will just disappear, we'll have festivals booked, we'll have our own shows booked, and, and that is the song I want everybody to be playing in the car when they're on the way to see us play a live show, because, you know, we're back again, you know, yeah. um, strong, loud, strong, you know, uh, there's nothing complicated about those sentiments, but it's just about the show, hitting town, the old days, me looking out the window of the tour bus and looking at the car parks of like these big car parks full of everybody there looking to enjoy themselves. And I'm there nervous, dying of, of some, you know, <laughs> and not thinking, God, just us, a couple of people, we're going to be on there, you know, doing this tonight. But so yeah. there's all that energy. It's all about that kind of sentiment. And, that, and that's relative to a lot of songs that you might be able to relate to it in the past that are kind of have similarities. Yeah. I'll say this record is about, it, it's a, a recollection, you know, it's about regressing to the ultimate glory days, really. And yeah. hopefully, you know, these times we've been in last year and this year with everything that's happening with the, the pandemic and everything, at some point we'll just be like, you know, wild animals let out of the cage. And <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a call back to the heavy metal parking lot days for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. It, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. Right, yeah. And uh, I'm excited about what you're planning in terms of set list. Uh, is it safe to say that you bring some songs from the Jugulator and Demolition era or not? Without, without a doubt, you know. Um, and that's the cool thing about the band, really. We can do a new stuff. We can do the Ripper years. And, uh, and also there's definitely some stuff I'd like to bring up from the past that we never got around to doing. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of personal favourites of mine I would like to, you know, after all of these years, go out and play them, those songs, you know. Yeah. And I think uh, Demolition and Jugulator, uh, they were kind of unfairly received at the time, but uh, they've been somewhat uh, redeemed in the eyes and ears of the fans. Uh, why do you think that is? I think lots of bands re release things here that, too late or, or too early, mm -hmm. you know, timing is very, very important and maybe the timing wasn't quite right, but it was a big thing, obviously, for Ripper, obviously, to, you know, you know, step into, it wasn't so much that Ripper was there, it was the fact that Halford wasn't there, I think, for yeah. a lot of fans, it was the familiarity of the voice, which I know and I understand, but Rob left and formed three bands. Yeah, not one, but two, but three, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, I'm playing priest songs as well, 
you know, so, but yeah, I think things have turned around now and fans revisit and um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guitar parts on those, you know, apart from the vocals, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of guitar riffs and a lot of guitar work, you know, which are obviously uh, we're uh, um, immensely proud of. Yeah. Uh, was it a coincidence for you that uh, Rob left Priest and Bruce Dickinson left Iron Maiden more or less at the same time? I mean, that was like the mid-90s or early 90s. Right? Yeah. What was the I reason think, for that? I don't yeah. know. But mm -hmm. did that bring about the change in metal? Because then it seemed like our beloved, you know, classic and true metal got shelved for a while, I think. You know, yeah. And, uh, we didn't see the new bands coming through, you know, so much playing, you know, um, yeah. in abundance the way that we wanted to, really. Me, yeah. Know. And we yeah. never got that. We never got the. We had the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, with with uh, with Maiden and Saxon and, and Death Leopard and uh, and Angel uh, Witch, yeah, yeah, maybe Venom, whatever. But yeah. uh, but. You know, we never saw another wave after that. Yeah, we never which, did. Well, worse waves, right? Like grunge and, you know, punk and whatnot, but worse waves than the new wave of British heavy metal, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. everything kind of moved on and changed and people were looking for different kind of yeah. styles and techniques in metal, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll have a lot of young and not so young musicians listening to the album and thinking, yes, yeah, I want to want to do some of that. Yeah. And what was it like to reconnect uh, with Ripper? Did you guys stay in contact all these years or not? Yeah, yeah, we did. Mm. Yeah, we, we actually re-recorded Beyond the Realms of Death with Les and Paul Crook. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, I think. 2017, I'm guessing, really. You know, I can't remember, but I was asked to do that. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Fair enough. Uh, and you wrote a book a few years ago, which was incredible, Heavy Duty, Days and Nights in Judas Priest. Do you feel you've said it all in your book, or is there more you would like to share, maybe in a follow-up? Or Yeah. I did, you know, I didn't, I think if I'd have gone... Hmm. If I'd have really gone in deep with the book, I think it would have been too big for people to read. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I didn't, I didn't divulge everything in. I mean, well, I say divulge there are things, you know, but um, but you know, you can't squeeze your your whole life into something that's one inch thick. I don't think you know. Of course. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... Uh, how did you feel after the book came out? I mean, was it a sense of, you know, revenge or closure or neither of that or well, a bit of both? Or um, I'd often been asked to write a book and stuff like that. And I just thought that I wanted to, because I had such a long relationship with the fans, they knew of me, but I wanted them to get to know me a little bit better. I you see. Know. Yeah. And so to look inside a little bit, I thought was, um, you know, something I wanted to do and try to answer a little bit and try to offer up a little bit of understanding when you have 
long-term relationships that sometimes, as much as you'd like to, sometimes you just have to give way, you know. I see. And, um, and it, can, it can happen, you know, it can happen. Fair enough. Uh, regrets or, or not, for better or for worse, it's, it's difficult to keep going sometimes, you know. It's, yeah, I bet, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, there's been times, you know, when I've been in between girlfriends, like now, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my mum will say, why don't you give that so-and-so a call? She was a nice girl, and you think, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way in hell you can do it, you know what I mean? It's like, God, you know, there's no way, you know, when it's, when it's over, it's over. Everybody's going to know what I'm saying out there, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to the album, Summers of the Sinner. Uh, it comes out in late August. What is the next step until then? I mean, are you preparing more videos and more? How are you going to promote it? Yeah, there's going to be more videos. So, um, so I'm very much looking forward to making those because this is a good thing for us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still having to deal with a lockdown. We've been here in the UK and England. We've, the, the lockdown was extended last night by the Prime Minister. You know, but, yeah. you know, we're very much hoping the guys could come over and, um, and make some more videos. Because this is something that I would very much like to do, you know, before we actually, until we can get out there, you know, we'd like to present these songs and all of the imagery and the idea and, you know, and, um, and put that out there. And this keeps us ticking, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of work to do these videos, but it can be fun as well. You know, and it just, it just it reminds me of the years gone past, you know, when we when we did the video for Breaking the Law or Locked In in Los Angeles Zoo. We weren't locked in the zoo, but the song was <laughs> locked in, you know. And yeah. all of these fond memories when we did videos to Free Will Burning and, and all of this stuff. And this is fun, you know, and it's if this keeps me young and keeps me going, then it's a good thing, I think. Awesome. And final question, when can we hear about live dates from you? Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, I think that we've just got to go a little bit further into the promotion, you know, into the next, releasing the next song or two, and um, to really get a feel for the market. But we, we do have Bonafide offers. We had shows booked last year, uh, which got cancelled. Yeah. Um, so we've got some good offers coming in this year. But I say definitely at least let's l release the next song and let's see where we're at with that with the agents and promoters. Um, you know, but I certainly would like to play to as many people as I possibly could, you know, um, yeah. in as many shows as we can, you know. Um, but we'll be out there with the bus, the trucks, the crew. We'll be rolling to your town, and we want to see you raising those fists. Check the song out when you can. 
Awesome. KK, thank you so much. And once again, congratulations on such an amazing career. Like I said, I'm a fan. So thank you for your time. All the best. It's a pleasure, Rodrigo. And thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Take care, buddy. Take Bye. care. Bye for now.